see what happens. I think we are live. Wouldn't that be cool? Would be very cool. <laughs> uh, I've got a good one. Uh, this is the, the sort of the early stages of what's going to be live uh, on the Let's Eat program that we've been putting together. Uh, I'm going to pull some gems uh, like, a, like a Fred Hart from Interact Boulder who's like, yeah, let's do this. Um, if you don't know Fred or you don't know Interact Boulder, uh, they are a CPG-focused branding agency. Like, top-notch. Just ridiculous. My mom, my mom paid Mark to say that, just so everyone's clear. Uh, mom, the address is 100. <laughs> uh, no, they are, they're, they're the top, top of the food chain, um, uh, no pun intended when it comes to that. You can look them up, see the stuff that they've done. Fred, let's get right into it. Uh, give, it. Us, like, give us the 30 seconds on what it is that you guys do over there. Yeah, so uh, we help bring brands uh, to life and mostly compete. So we build exclusively in the food and beverage industry. We work with tons of passionate entrepreneurs. And at the end of the day, we help them utilize design to create more impact and value for themselves and ultimately their consumers. If we dive right into it with some of the brands that you've worked with, and, and I know some specifically, but if people watching, could you give us a few brands that you've worked on, um, that you've worked with, and what sort of made them, them special or unique within, within themselves? Maybe give us like two or three that come top of mind. Sure. So sure. the first one that comes top to mind is Dr. Shed. Uh, amazing brewery out of Delaware, Sam Caligione, one of the forefathers of the craft beer industry. And when we were working on that brand, it was the first time in their 21-year existence that they'd worked with an agency. And our job was not to fuck things up. Um, you know, the biggest part about working in the craft beer industry is beer loyalists are going to let you know when you've messed up the brand for worse. Um, so we are very cognizant of trying to maintain all of the unique aspects that they brought to the table. Crazy imagination, awesome storytelling and marketing, but needed to help them compete because when they started up, there was no such thing as craft beer. They were just being different from big beer. And they have this amazing mantra, off-centered ales for off-centered people. We had to figure out how to give them an off-centered look and feel without using off-centeredness as a crutch to do whatever they wanted and just be all over the place. So that was a fun one. And it was all about, you know, we have a, uh, a core belief that people don't read, they recognize. And we need to maintain the recognition that the brand had built up over 21 years, but give it a new patina, a new story, essentially. Um, so that, that's one of them. And I'll stop there. Give us a second one. Different, maybe different, different go, go now and maybe to food. Cool. So second one would be a brand that everyone knows of as Koya today. So big plant-based nutrition beverage. Um, they were just in the Inc. 5000 or whatever and doing all sorts of great stuff. But when we started working with them four years ago, they were in 50 points of distribution and they had the name Raw Nature 5. Essentially, they had some amazing advisors and folks that realized what was in the bottle was super special, but the name and the packaging and everything else needed to have a clean slate. Um, so we stuck with what was making the product so amazing, which is the physical product, the thing you actually consume, as you know, and, um, and figured out how to better tell their story. So they were at the time, three really young entrepreneurs that were all about empowering people and plants. And at the time, plant-powered and plant-based was not what it was. 
four and a half years ago. So we focused on giving them a new story to tell. Koya, the name we came up with, was inspired by the blue zone in the Nicoya Peninsula, so a place of centurions and longevity that were eating plant-based diets. And we shortened it, Nicoya to Koya, totally changed up the spelling and basically just gave them an empty vessel of a name that sounded natural, that sounded powerful, and then told a whole new story through that. So their, their packaging and their brand identity is this thumbprint mark at the center of the pack. And if you look at it, it's actually a thumbprint with a leaf sprouting from the center, which gets back to people and plants being empowered together. So that's another way that they had a really cool story and mission all along. We just helped them tell it better and differently. That is epic uh, because I didn't know that. Um, and I'm sure many don't. And people do know who that is. Actually, I got them on the show in a couple of weeks. It's going to be pretty sweet. Um, you work with Maya, Chris? I'm working with Chris. Um, uh, that's yeah, going to be, yeah. And, and with it might go live. I don't know. Everybody who knows what's going to happen. I hope that, that he doesn't wear a suit and, and do me up like the way uh, that Fred is right now. Uh, I jokingly said, like, what are you wearing type thing? Okay. Besides a few other things I said that cannot go live. Um, anyway, back to the you show. You said suit or socks. I, I decided to suit. Come on, man. I, what I, I don't even know. What did I, I worked out and then I threw on another <laughs> Nike shirt. Who is this guy? Uh, who is this guy? I, I got nothing to dress up for. We're in COVID. I needed, a, you know, you're my, you're the best date I've had. Don't tell my wife. Better lighting, better background, better looking. <laughs> the trifecta. I'm turning this. I should turn it off. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, you've got the best snack. So uh, okay, fair. Um, how important is that the founders or the, I would call it just high level management involved in the marketing and the rebranding process when you're onboarding? Right. Like, has there ever come a time when you've come across a brand and we're not shouting anybody out in this where you say, even if I, even if I helped here, I don't know if they're going to be able to execute far past just the, the, the design and elements that we're going to bring to the table. Yeah, it's, it's critical. Um, you know, we we're fortunate to work with both ends of the spectrum. We work with entrepreneurs, that's our bread and butter. And then we've been working with big food in their incubators and accelerators, trying to help them be more entrepreneurial. But the biggest difference is, the entrepreneur has vision and they're also usually their consumer. So they, they know at heart what's kind of missing. Um, but when we're building brands, we like to think of it about car shopping. So, you know, Mark, we work together. I could build you a Ferrari, but if you are someone that's more comfortable behind a Prius, you're not going to want it. And so I have to build the brand that you ultimately feel comfortable driving at the end of the day, because once our job here is done together, you're gonna be the one continuing to carry that vision forward with your team, with your relationships, with everything else you got going on. And if it doesn't feel like a natural extension of you, it's not gonna work. Uh, we've, we've tried it too many times and, and there are some founders out there that are super visionary and that's really, really fun. And then there are other people that are a little bit more conservative and it's just giving them the right tools for the job. It's a great answer. Um, what do you think are the three or four or 10 things, right, that a brand is missing? I mean, because you see it through that particular lens, uh, again, you're like, you guys, your team, it's not just the Fred, right? It's the, you, you've got an amazing team. I've met a couple of Incredible them. Incredible team. And so, so you guys all are looking through this lens. And if you were to look up at the shelf. I'm just going to, let's talk salty snacks first, first, right? 
Yep. If you look at that shelf, there's so much going on, right? It's so competitive. I mean, people often say like, oh my God, you got into that. And then they, they, they like, like literally it's always like, what were you thinking? And then they realize like when I start talking, right, the why, the WHY for, for me, the team, the brand, and then the engine, I always say like, I, you know, I've been cut a certain way. I've been engine that I, I'm going to go forever. Right. Yep. 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 Those, those things bring people back to like, all right, I still, still, I don't really get it. How are you going to do that? When you're looking up there, what do you think the three or four things are, are missing from most that are sitting up there? So one way to think about it is this principle that we preach, which is challenge the category, but not the consumer. And food and Bev is rife with a lot of conventional thinking. Um, there's a great quote that the opposite of um, bravery is not cowardice, but conformity. So conformity is what we kind of try to fight day in and day out. So to get to your question, and I'll use something akin to salty snacks. Think about popcorn. Is there anyone in their right mind that doesn't know what popcorn is? Or anyone that doesn't know what popcorn looks like? The answer is definitely no. And so in comes a stalwart brand like Boom Chicka Pop. And at the time, every other popcorn brand, whether it was microwavable or pre-popped, was showing popcorn on the bag. And it was candidly a waste of space. Most conventional marketers will tell you appetite appeal and photography, you need all of those things. But Boom Chicka Pop said, one, we're gonna disrupt with our name and personality. And two, we're gonna let you really feel the brand and feel the flavors through color palette and all these other things, rather than have to focus and waste real estate on a bowl of popcorn. So asking the question of what really triggers the consumer? Is it the appetite appeal of your chili flavor or your barbecue flavor? Or is it seeing the particular product? And um, you know, we, we recently worked in the salty snack category with Boulder Canyon Chips, which is owned by Utz. And when we got in there, we're looking around and like there's an arms race of companies seeing who can show more product on their pack. Like who's got the bigger bowl and who's got the bigger mound of chips. And we said, you know what, let's focus on a quality over quantity game. And we're fortunate to know the brand and its locale of Boulder intimately well. So we have the flat irons and, and the flat irons and nature are a perfect metaphor for the chip. It's crunchier. It's got natural oils. Like it, it's got this kind of grit that you expect with the outdoors. And so we said three chips. That's all we need. Everyone else can have five to a hundred and we're going to make the most with three. And it gave them a much more iconic design. And we just learned we won a design effectiveness award and increase their uh, annualized sales by 14 million over a one year period just through packaging. So conformity is the place that we like to start and try to see how we can disrupt that. Um, trying to think of like, you know, you asked for three, but I'd say that's that's the primary one and anything else would be a waste of breath. It's a good one. Uh, it, it's a it's a really good one. And and for those watching, you know, whether or not starting or in the middle or wherever they are in their sort of um, evolution, velocity is the key to the game. You know, on our side, that's what that's the metric everybody's looking at. I mean, you can buy sales all day long. Um, you know, you could go raise a ton of money and just buy your way onto the shelf and keep buying your sales. But the reality is that is not building a brand. And it's something we look at every day. It's like really where you know if you're on or off, right? Are you able to get the velocities that you want, meaning the turns at shelf without having to buy your way to, to, you know, to that end game? 
and see yep. if that consumer, you know, are they going to come back when they're not on promotion? That is the key metric. And to speak to what you're saying, oftentimes it is a vanity game and it just these little small tweaks um, in packaging design can affect velocity. It's like fact, um, yeah. you know, and again, I don't mind saying this, you know, I've talked to you about us and we, we went back and forth and, you know, I had to do this, we're doing a waiting game and just seeing where we're going to land and all that. But for those watching, like, again, the value add is what he's saying. And there is truth to the fact that there's a piece of this vanity that has a true effect on how you're going to turn on shelf. Um, to, to that point, Mark, you know, our, our mothers would tell us never judge a book by its cover, but that's exactly what happens when you shop. And so when we're thinking about brand, what is it? What is that brand? What does it mean? It's, it's kind of a rudimentary formula of there is a promise and then there's a follow through and that equals your brand. So packaging is a visual promise. It's going to look exciting. It's going to taste like this. Like it, it sets a precedent and then the product inside then either reinforces it or undoes it. You can have phenomenal branding and design. And if you have a really horrible product, it's the fastest way to kill a brand. Trial, no repeat purchase, dead. And um, you know it works with people too. If I tell you, Mark, that I'm gonna follow up with you after this and thank you, and then you never hear back from me, well, my promise was I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you up. The follow through was none. And now my personal brand is someone that doesn't do what they say, right? And so this, this rudimentary formula can be applied to all things. As an agency, we always think about it from a visual standpoint because that's the world we play in. Um, but you're right, there's a certain level of vanity, but there's also a certain level of um, desire that we're trying to create um, to help brands that have something really incredible get that story heard. Your product uh, being a prime example, like one of the best salty snacks, and I'm not just saying that, I've sent you photos since you sent me the product and uh, it's making sure that people don't have to get over the hurdle of what it may look like to get inside or hear the word of mouth. It's they want to get in there themselves when you're not there to demo or your sales team isn't bumping up uh, two for ones or BOGOs or anything else. Appreciate that. Well said. Um, the approach as a, a newcomer to the space, if you are, a startup, would you recommend, and again, I, I know you'll be so transparent about this. How do you recommend that they approach it? If they don't have a marketing mind, a marketing discipline, a marketing experience, but they've, you know, you founders usually should have the vision. What does it look like? Um, sure. how, how should it feel? Again, depending on their just overall experience, have they done it before at all? versus they've done something similar before and they kind of know a path. Would you recommend that they get with an agency like yours early or do they just go with first iteration and just get out into the market and do that thing you talked about, which is let's get over the taste hurdle because who cares? Yeah, I said, what it looks I like. don't care what you look like. You could have paid Interact all kinds of dough, right? The reality is if your food or beverage doesn't taste good, right? Even though there are these weird anomalies, which I'll never get that yeah. somehow make, I don't, I never get it, dude. Okay. Yeah. You had to undo your tie for where I'm going to go. I'll do, I'll, I'll do it, dude. I'll do it. But anyway, back to the show here. Um, 
the reality is the majority, right? 97%. You have to taste good because it's the only way you bring customer back. But how do, how do you approach that if you're, if you're new or starting? Yeah, so yeah. you already said it. Take care of the product first. If the product's not there, don't put it on shelf. The second thing is an agency is going to cost you serious money because there's a, there's a ton of value that's being brought to the table. But I'll, you know, I'll be very transparent. And when you first reached out to me, I think one of the first things I realized is I want to make sure that we have all of the learnings from you have already been in market, hearing from consumers, hearing from retailers, hearing from your brokers, so that you can come to us with a wheelbarrow of information saying, these are the common questions I get. These are the things that people aren't understanding. These are the things I'm not getting credit for. And we can do more work with that. If you come to us blank slate, there's ultimately going to be things that we'll learn after we launch it into market. And I'm not one to shy away from business and say, hey, like come work with us because I know that we can provide a lot of value. But we also work with so many entrepreneurs that we know how critical funds are and where they can be spent. And that you know, $70,000 here could be cost of goods for the next year in my startup and such. So we always um, help companies or help brands, founders that approach us that we don't think are right, connect with talented individual designers that can get the job done in a much more price efficient way so they can go out and learn. Because after you've learned and then you come back to an agency, the work will be much more phenomenal. And if you look at, you know, everyone likes to talk about Bonza or Halo Top or RX Bar, what those brands looked like in the beginning stages is miles away from where they are now. But they were able to take learnings along the way and eventually work with a partner that figured out how to unlock it all and then put it back together. That's another amazing comment. Uh, I again, I, you know, for the for the seven people that are going to watch this, okay. <laughs> My mom's being five of them. She's got well, all five. Yes, our mom. So so five plus the two, we're good, okay. I have the best video of my mom, by the way. I found last night on my phone. Side note. Anyway, okay, that's that's totally off the topic. Um, it, of her tasting an early product of ours, dude. It's freaking. Oh, uh, that's it is that, epic, dude. And that's your Super Bowl commercial years from now. I'm going to put, yes, exactly, dude. Actually, it's, that would be a great idea. Um, there's value here. There's so much value. That's what this show is about. That's what the other stuff is. I just wanted to do this, get people on and, and provide value, right? Like you have so much value that you can give. And, but people never, don't, don't really get this the way that I did when I first met you, which is we'd have these conversations and there was just value in the conversation and you weren't asking for anything. Of course, you're saying like, this is what we could do. And this is at the end, it's like, this is what, how much it is. There was value just in us rapping, right? Right, right. And I get that with conversations with men and women and, and just going back and forth and them answering transparently, which is the, the main thing, right? Yeah. None of the fluff stuff. There's people out there sometimes a little fluffy, right? No, no, no. We're talking real CPG. This is what's going on. Hopefully it helps because it's a difficult, difficult business and um, any help from, from you know, these that are, have a great mind is going to be helpful. Now, how about a couple brands, two or three, and I don't break against the wall anyway, two or three <laughs> brands that you weren't, weren't necessarily interacts um, that you love and why? What are the things that they did or are doing that speak to you where you're like, they get it. A little bit of that jealousy moment for sure. So sure. Gander, um, uh, excuse me, Bonza, 
So Bonza to me is like a, a phenomenal one where that whole pasta category is just like, has never changed, has never been disrupted. And they come in with a totally different aesthetic. They come in with this bright screaming orange. They have a color that people can recognize. They have this really interesting product story around chickpeas, but they kind of make it secondary. They purposely choose not to beat their chest about chickpeas. It's, you know, whatever the pasta is. And then sort of in the background made from chickpeas. And I just thought it was such a brilliant strategy and a beautiful revolution for that brand that has clearly helped them disrupt that space. So that's a brand that I personally love a ton. Um, I mean, there's so much to pick from. I'm constantly kind of oohing and aahing. There's, uh, there's a brand out of LA called Vibes, V-Y-B-E-S, in the CBD tea space. And their branding and design is so avant-garde. And it can only be done because their founder is a very like fresh, original type of individual that is so comfortable breaking all of the rules of the food and beverage space. I mean, if you go out and look at their packaging, it's just like, it's just literally text on a flat color and it says vibes in the middle. And it's just, it, it makes no sense. But I think it really speaks to his audience. And again, him starting this company, he is his own audience. So he knows who he wants to talk to. So I really, I really um, applaud them for like just breaking all the rules and, and continuing to show the food and beverage industry that you don't have to constantly build conventional looking things. Now, I'm not saying that convention's wrong and there's sometimes where it's spot on that you need to do that. Otherwise you challenge the consumer way too much. But those are two right off the bat um, that I really, really uh, like. And those are good. Those are, those are good ones, and I totally get it. And and uh, the Bonza thing, for without a doubt, it was a, one of the first. Like right when you say, it, you're like, yes, that yeah. made sense. And I remember them even a few years ago, like right when I was getting into this and going, like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, right? I'm not just because of the stuff you said. Like they were actually going into a category that was a little dormant and all that, yeah. right? Um, and so. It, yes, those are great, great points. Uh, what's up, uh, Nader? How about on. you? Huh? You got any favorites outside you, of your you, own? You know, but this is like so simple. It's the one that comes to mind every time, but it's almost like a freebie. Like RX bar, when they finally made the, tr the you know, the, the, yep. just what it is now or when they made it. And then, of course, all sort of there's things happening, at, you know, because little copycats afterwards, right? Which may, means like, oh, okay, that was working. But I, I thought that, it made sense. Um, I'm, I guess it's a little unfair too. I was kind of a consumer. I've always been transparent. I never like fully enjoyed um, the product uh, because of the because extruded of the, bar. It was because of the texture. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. I'd get a gold, a gold mine one. And then other times I wouldn't. And so, but um, I'm a big fan, you know, that of, of balanced nutrition. So like yes. that brand spoke to me. Um, from the beginning, way back in the CrossFit days, like when they was pre was before even this, it was labels yeah, yeah. and like, yep. so, um, so that was on, but, um, Jake has a question. I, hey, what's up, Jake? Um, and Jay was on here, but Jake, what are some of the simple design principles or framework that you can use to have your products stand out in a category? Uh, yep. I get it, with, with just a few major players that have similar design aesthetics. Am I making sense? So what are what are some simple design principles? Maybe like that's a, is that an easy one to answer? Like frame wise? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I've already kind of said it, but I'll hash through it. So people don't read, they recognize. And the best brands in the world understand the power of recognition. It's the reason why Nike can finish an ad with just the swoosh and not have to say their name. Or that 
the Starbucks siren slash mermaid can exist on a cup without needing any of the other brand name there. Or, you know, if a, a delivery truck runs by and I tell you that it's brown, you know that it's UPS. Or, you know, maybe more for the, some of the women or, or the guys that buy their women things. If I have a tiny little teal box with a ribbon on it in my hand, that's Tiffany. So thinking about how to create recognition for your young fledgling brand and use it in a way that differentiates is, is really important. So that can be done through imagery. A picture is worth a thousand words. So back to the Koya reference that I gave earlier. Then there's color. Consistently using a color. There is a ton of movement right now around what we call the Skittle approach. Like every single product I have will be a different color because the flavor is different. But if everyone's doing that, there's just this mass of rainbows at the shelf. And if you can find a color to own, like Guayaki always owns yellow in every one of their cans, then you create a billboard with every single skew you're able to get on that shelf. And now suddenly it becomes this visual beacon and I start to notice you. Um, so recognition for us is huge. So either your brand identity being really succinct and really powerful and really recognizable color, or the one that gets talked about the least is structure. So talk about water. Everything's in the same plastic looking bottle. And now you have boxed water going, you know what, this milk carton over here, I really like that. I'm gonna use that. I didn't even pay for a proprietary structure. I'm just gonna borrow an equity from some other place. And it spoke to their values, it spoke to sustainability. Yes, it's a little weird, but it got people talking about it. Um, so structure can oftentimes be a really important piece to differentiate, although it's the one that's least accessible to entrepreneurs because it costs the most money if you're doing it from scratch. That is money. Uh, <laughs> and I knew you would. Uh, Mike Mike came on here and said, Bond's a Detroit model. Cool dudes, too. Yeah, there's a good story behind that, too. Brett was on there. Nader, Scotty, Jay, Jake. It's good. Um, right, 25 minutes, man. You know, I, I could go for, for days on this thing, uh, but I being being new to this, um, being new to this and getting one up and out is was important and doing it with somebody that I know could in 25 minutes really provide some value because there's like there's gems within everything you wrote and what's what, what you noted. And what's cool is people can play this back later and all that. So that's it, man. I have, I have like 20 more questions, but you know, you have stuff to do and I've got to still, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, and stuff like that. Let's get back to building. Um, I appreciate the brevity of this. Honestly, it's more refreshing that way. I appreciate you, man. Uh, you enjoy the rest of your week. You and I will be in touch uh, no matter what. Uh, nice suit, by the way. Money. TikTok helped me figure out how to tie this mediocre tie. So shout out to them. All right. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Peace, bro.